Persuasion by Jane Austen, Volume 1, Chapter 4. Previously in Persuasion, we have met the Elliot family. We have found out that the father, Sir Walter Elliot, is very prideful, full of himself, basically a selfish jerk. Um, and his eldest daughter seems to be just like him, Elizabeth. And they have run through the family's money and gotten into some pretty significant debt. We've got a friend of the family, Lady Russell, who was best friends with the late Lady Elliot. Um, and then we have met the middle sister, Anne Elliot, and we've heard about a youngest sister, Mary, who is married and off living someplace else. So based on the fact that they are out of money, they've decided that they are going to rent out the family's estate and go live in Bath. And in the last chapter, we found out about the family that they are going to rent the house to, which is to Admiral Croft and his wife. And we find out that Anne knows about the family for some reason. She knows what, like, how Admiral Croft has been doing in his, um, in his career, what he's been doing the last few years. Um, he, she knows about the brother who used to live in the area, a Mr. Wentworth who was in the church, who was a curate in a local church in the area, and we end with a very interesting sentence saying a few months more and he italicized emphasized he perhaps may be walking here and we know that her face is flushed after talking about the crofts and so there is some connection to this family and so in chapter four we find out exactly what that connection is and we get the backstory so Going into chapter four, we learn that it was not Mr. Wentworth, the curate who she knows from Muckford, that was the one who made her blush. It was Captain Frederick Wentworth, his brother, who had stayed with him for six months um, while he was waiting. He said he wasn't immediately employed, so he was on some sort of break waiting for a, a position or a commission or something. And it says that... Basic that half the sum of attraction on either side might have been enough, for he had nothing to do and she had hardly anybody to love. And that's an interesting way to put how they fell in love with each other. Because um, there's no lacking the idea that they are, in fact, in love. But it seems basically that they were both handsome young people. And he had a great deal of intelligence, spirit, and brilliancy. And Anne was an extremely pretty girl with gentleness, modesty, taste, and feeling. Um, and he had nothing to do, and she had hardly anybody to love. And so obviously they just came together. Um, which is not the worst description of how people fall in love. And I do think that people who are not particularly attached or employed, per se, and have lots of free time which both of them would have done, it is pretty natural for two young people who have not much going on in their lives to 
gravitate towards each other and make that connection and if they are compatible to um, develop a relationship. So I think that that's an interesting way to put it and does actually make a lot of sense. Um, and so basically they fell deeply in love very quickly. He proposed, she accepted, and a short period of exquisite felicity followed. But, and, but a short one. So he uses the, she uses the word short there. I don't know if there's a typo in my version or if that's how the book was written. And maybe it was a typo in the original version, but a short period of exquisite felicity followed and, but a short one. I think that first short should be gone. It should just say a period of exquisite felicity followed and but a short one. But anyway, I think that's maybe a typo in the book I'm reading. But in any case, their time of engagement was very shortly lived because two people didn't approve. Well, nobody in Anne's family approved, but Sir Walter didn't approve. He didn't actually withhold his consent, but he did say that he would do nothing for his daughter. So he didn't, he wouldn't give his consent, but he also, but he, he didn't withhold his consent, say that she couldn't marry him, but she, he did say that she, he wouldn't help her in any way, meaning give her money or whatnot. I'm not sure if that means that he would completely withhold her, um, dowry. That seems very extreme, but I mean, depending on exactly the legalities and the, um, wording of her mother's will and things, it's possible that he would be able to do that. Um, but the resolution of doing nothing for his daughter, I'm pretty sure that means money. And could be as much as to say that he would refuse to give her his, like, provide her dowry that he, she was supposed to get. But like I said, that would be dependent, in my understanding at least, on a number of wills and whether her dowry was written into, like, her mother's you know, sometimes the mother's money is somehow, like, written in. It has to go to the children eventually. I honestly don't know how those legalities work, but I do know in some situations the dowry seems to be fixed by legal standards, and sometimes it's not. Um, and that tends to be based on whether this money's coming from through the mother. And if that was set into the marriage settlements of the mother's wedding, then it would be set in stone in a way that the, that the father couldn't stop it, I think. If my understanding is correctly, so it, I'm not sure whether this means that she would get absolutely nothing, or if she would, or if that means that she would only get what was she he was legally required to give her because of um, marriage settlements from the his marriage to her mother, and nothing further. Um, but in either way, he's not going to help them monetarily any any more than he legally has to. Is my thought there? Um, he saw it as a very as a degrading alliance. And Lady Russell, though with more tempered and pardonable pride, received it as a most unfortunate one. And this is kind of my theme throughout this chapter, I think, is that Lady Russell is very much following and doing exactly what Sir Walter is. And we're supposed to, it seems to me like we're supposed to be kind of forgiving her because she seems to sincerely love Anne. But she's not any better to her than Sir Walter is. And so I'm finding it very hard to like Lady Russell. And I'm fine. I feel like I'm unsure. I feel like I'm supposed to like her or she's supposed to be a more sympathetic character than somebody like a Sir Walter, for example. But I almost find her to be worse in a way. Um, because 
I basically look at it this way. They're both trying to feed you poison. <laughs> like Sir Walter is giving bad advice and mean and wrong, but he's mean about it. So you can like kind of almost ignore him better versus like Lady Russell is giving the same bad advice, the same bad attitudes, but she's doing it with sweetness. So you almost don't notice it. Like she sugars over it. But so in Sir Walter's case, it's a little bit easier to see the badness, I guess, the evilness of it. And in her case, she in Lady Russell's case, she's got a lot of the same issues and biases and things. She's just a little nicer about it. And yeah, to me, I see that as almost more dangerous. And I think that, that we see that here with um, Anne's decision where... It seems like she might have been, it's, it even is written out that it might yet have been possible to withstand her father's ill will, but Lady Russell, whom she had always looked, loved and relied on, could not, with such steadiness of opinion and such tenderness of manner, be continually advising her in vain. So it's made pretty clear that yes, both Sir Walter and Lady Russell are against the match, but her father would not have been enough to stop her. It was Lady Russell who she loved and trusted enough to actually listen to her counsel and was persuaded to believe the engagement was wrong and to break it off. And we learn a little bit more about Lady Russell's thinking here as well. And basically her thoughts are that Captain Wentworth had nothing but himself to recommend him. He didn't have any good, um, he had no hopes of attaining affluence. You know, he had to work through his profession. He didn't have any good connections. He didn't have any money. And she felt like Anne marrying him would be throwing herself away um, because he wasn't worthy of her. He wasn't high class enough for her. He didn't have enough money to make him worth her. And we get another interesting look into Lady Russell's character because it seems like she also just didn't like Captain Wentworth beyond the money thing. Um, she saw his character very differently. And she saw his sanguine temper and fearlessness of mind. And she saw it as an aggravation of the evil and added a dangerous character to himself. She says that he was brilliant, he was headstrong. Lady Russell had little taste for wit and of anything approaching to imprudence a horror. So she found his kind of free spirit, for lack of a better word, um, to be problematic as well. And that sentence just was a huge red flag for me. Lady Russell had little taste for wit. So trying to think of how I would specifically define wit and I think it just means intelligence maybe intelligence with a bit of humor in it that's the kind of tinge I get for wit but the idea that she has no taste for wit is kind of shocking to me and seems like maybe she is not a character I'm supposed to like because Jane Austen doesn't tend to or in Jane Austen, we tend to like witty characters. Um, 
So having Lady Russell not enjoy wit, I think is a red flag about Lady Russell is how I'm reading this. Um, and I'm already kind of disposed not to like her. So I'm taking it again as another piece of be hesitant about Lady Russell. There might be something there that I don't approve of. Um, and I think that the idea that she doesn't like wit and that's another reason why Anne shouldn't marry Captain Wentworth is ridiculous. But in either case, Lady Russell is able to convince Anne to break off the engagement. And it has an interesting thing here where Anne feels like maybe she might have even be, been able to keep it on if, except for that she imagined herself consulting his good when she gives him up and breaks off the engagement and saying that she is being prudent and self-denying principally for his advantage and that was her consolation so she so anne is seeing herself as being very selfless here she's like setting him free from marriage to her and i wonder if some of that is again this money thing of sir walter saying that he would do nothing for them so that would be a financial threat, basically. So if maybe she's thinking that Captain Wentworth could do better then, that Captain Wentworth could find a woman with a dowry and a family that would be willing to accept him. Um, that's the only thing I can think of why it would be his advantage, to his advantage not to marry her. I'm assuming there has there's some money thing there with, with um, Sir Walter refusing to help help them financially. Um, maybe that is the reason why it would be good for him to let him go, let him be free. Maybe the other thing would be that then he wouldn't be tied down with the expense of a wife, possibly. Um, and then possibly a family and he'd be able to, you know, focus on his career and making money and not have to worry about his family back home. That could be part of it, I suppose. Um... I'm not 100% sure, but either way, she Anne is seeing herself as self-sacrificing um, for his, I'm assuming, financial advantage somehow to not be married to her. And every consolation was required because it sounds like they had a pretty painful parting um, that Captain Wentworth was very unhappy to have the engagement broken off. And he was unconvinced and unbending, I'm assuming, by her reasoning of why it should be broken off. And he felt himself very ill-used and left the country very quickly. And I'm assuming she has never seen him since. And it says, a few months had seen the beginning and end of their acquaintance. So all of this happens within a few months. It sounds like he had only lived in the area for six months. And so... It must have been, you know, to only have, he's only lived in the area for six months. They probably, it took him a little bit of time to grow acquainted with each other, at least, you know, three months or so. I'm not sure, but um, it's a very quick friendship turning into romance, turning into engagement, and then breaking off. All of that happens within six months. And, but it's not a few months and, yeah. But with a few months 
not with a few months ended Anne's share of suffering from it. Her attachment and regrets had for a long time clouded every enjoyment of youth, and an early loss of bloom and spirits had been their lasting effect. And so here we get kind of an explanation for something that they talked about earlier in the book, that she had lost her bloom early. Um, and they're saying that here the reason she lost her bloom was because of her regret and sadness over the situation with Captain Wentworth. And bloom, I think, has to do with youth um, and looking very youthful and carefree, young and gay sort of thing. So I'm assuming that she's kind of gotten, looks more somber, looks more serious, maybe gotten a few lines from her frowning, that sort of thing is what that means of loss of bloom, is that her spirit is much more dejected. She's not as happy and carefree as she used to be. In any event, more than seven years were gone since this little history which makes sense because Anne is now 27 and this happened when she was 19. So it's just over seven years. And time had softened down a lot of this, of her peculiar attachment to him. But she'd been dependent on time alone. No aid had been given in a change of place, except for one visit to Bath soon after the rupture. So that is a callback as well to earlier when we heard Lady Russell when we heard about Lady Russell wanting them to go to Bath and kind of pushing aside Anne's reservations about Bath. And in that point, they had said that, well, that was because she had only been to Bath once right after her mom died. She had to go to school in Bath. And then the second time she went for one winter with Lady Russell in Bath and she was, you know, out of spirits that's, that winter. And now we know why, because that went, she was out of spirits that one time she went to Bath. Because it was right after she broke off her engagement. So, yes, she was in bad spirits there. Um, so now we know why she was in bad spirits that time. That winter she went to Bath with Lady Russell. And we can also know why she probably has bad memories of Bath. Both times she's gone, it's been after a big dramatic thing that was not good for her. So the first time she ever went to Bath, she went there because she was sent to school right after her mom died. That could not have been easy. Um... So obviously that would have been a harrowing sort of trip. And then the second time she went was right after she had to break off her engagement with Captain Wentworth, which again, is probably a pretty harrowing, I mean, a very different sort of thing, but probably also, a, you know, again, a very big emotionally traumatic time for her. And both of those times after a big, awful traumatic event, she ended up in Bath for a little while. So no wonder she has some bad associations associations with Bath and it makes me like Lady Russell even less because Lady Russell must have must know like how emotionally charged both those situations would have been for her and what negative emotional connections Anne must have with Bath and for her to just push those aside as if they don't matter and basically say well Anne just has never given Bath a try I didn't like it when I read it the first time that that's what she was saying. But I like it even less now that I know more of the context of it. I kind of think Lady Russell's a jerk too. Or at least very self-centered. She doesn't seem to care what Anne thinks or feels about any of this stuff. Even if she proclaims herself to be very attached to her. Maybe she's kind to her in a lot of other ways. But in these situations that I'm learning about Lady Russell's kind of 
connection to the family and connections with Anne, they're all pretty negative. And Lady Russell seems to not care at all what, what Anne, like to not have any empathy for Anne and Anne's emotions in these situations and to just be very surface level about what looks good and uh, it's very gross I'm, I'm not feel I'm not feeling great about Lady Russell so we go on with the story saying that um, she hadn't had anything to help her get over Captain Wentworth because she's had no other love interests um, nobody knew has come into the circle of Kellynch who could compare to Frederick Wentworth. And it had been, there had been nobody that she could form a second attachment to. She had been solicited when about two and 20 by a young man named Charles Musgrove, who is the eldest son of a man with lended property and general importance. Um, so he's the highest ranking person in the, in the area next only to Sir Walter and Lady Russell wanted apparently for this marriage to happen. And again, a little thing here that Lady Russell might have asked for yet something more while Anne was 19, but would have rejoiced for this now that she's 22. Um, which points out either some shallowness in Lady Russell, which I'm partial to because as if you haven't figured out yet, I am not loving Miss, I'm not loving Lady Russell in this story. Um, but also I think just the time period of how quickly women are seen to be like unmarriageable. And this is something that comes up in Pride and Prejudice that um, Lydia says that Jane, the eldest who's 22, is practically practically an old maid and how ashamed, ashamed she would be not to be married by 22. So the idea that at 22 she's already getting a little old and a little um, too close to being an old maid... I think is also just a societal thing at the time, which is crazy from a modern perspective, but there it is. And so she encouraged Anne to accept Charles Musgrove, which again is pointing out that Lady Russell doesn't have a lot of sensitivity or tact to be encouraging her to marry a man that, yes, he is apparently important and has a lot of money in a nice country home, but and but Anne very clearly doesn't want to marry him, and Lady Russell doesn't clearly doesn't care that Anne doesn't have any sort of feelings or interest in him, um, and is only looking at this from a financial situation. So instead, he marries her younger younger sister Mary, and so that's who Mary is married to. And we also get a little more selfishness in here because part of the what Lady Russell is happy about is that Charles Musgrove lives so close to where Lady Russell lives. And so if Anne married Charles Musgrove, then she would live near Lady Russell forever. And so I'm seeing Lady Russell as being pretty damn selfish in this whole situation as well and caring a lot more about her needs and satisfaction than Anne's happiness. But she is unable to convince Anne in this case. And I'm reading into this a little bit myself, but 
possibly because Anne has come to realize that her advice when she was 19 was so wrong in her in Anne's opinion that she's not holding it to in such high esteem now that she's 22 as she used to and partially because Anne is growing up a little bit you know 22 versus 19 can be very different in your I don't know um life experience and such and she's now had that first experience of what love is and what she felt for Captain Wentworth. And maybe she would have been willing to marry Charles Musgrove if she hadn't known Captain Wentworth ever. Because she wouldn't maybe know what she was missing or what she was looking for. But now, that, but because she does, it feels like settling to marry him. So she doesn't and her younger sister does instead. And though Lady Russell is satisfied as ever with her own discretion, never wished the pass undone, she began now to have anxiety which borders on hopelessness for Anne's being tempted by some man of talents and independence. So, again, Lady Russell is satisfied as ever with her own discretion. So she never has regrets over her own actions. She never thinks back and, you know, considers that maybe she was wrong on what she told Anne to do. She is now anxious for Anne not being unwilling to marry anybody. And she thinks that she would be a great wife, but, you know, is worried that Anne won't accept anyone. And they apparently never talk about the situation. And the subject was never alluded to. Which, again, if they were such good friends as they're trying to portray us to see... Lady Russell and Anne as like these great confidants and, you know, as close to each other as a good, as mother and daughter. I suppose it depends on your mother and daughter relationship. But the idea that they just never talk about Captain Wentworth ever again for over seven years when it's such a big thing in Anne's life, to me, shows kind of a lack of closeness and... Just, I'm not convinced that they are as close as we are trying to be told that they are. It just feels like maybe it's more for show than real. And we find that Anne at 27 thought very differently from what she had been made to think at 19. So she has obviously decided, figured out that it was a mistake. She wishes she would have married him now. And she doesn't blame Lady Russell, and she doesn't blame herself for having been guided by her, but feels like she would never give anyone else that same advice anymore. And she thinks that all of that caution and probable fears and things, no matter what, wouldn't be worse than the sadness of having let him go. And then we find out that she has followed his career through the Navy lists and newspapers. But she knows that his thoughts that he would be rich one day have turned out to be true. And that he's done well in the Navy. He's made a lot of captures or prizes, prize money. And um, she has made note of the fact that she doesn't think that he's married. 
which to me is showing that she's still thinking about him as a possible marriage candidate, even if it's like this wild dream of a fantasy she doesn't think will actually ever happen. It's still something she is considering and thinking about. And says that she was forced into prudence in her youth. She learned romance as she grew older. The natural sequel of an unnatural beginning. And that is such a beautiful sentence there. The end. Just meaning that most of the time you have something more along the lines of Sense and Sensibility's Marianne. Where she was very romantic at first and had to learn to be sensible. And prudent as she got older and that's the more normal situation where people are wild and romantic when they're young and then they learn from their mistakes to be prudent and instead for Anne she does the exact opposite she is advised by her elders and follows along and is prudent when she's young and learns that she wishes she would have been more imprudent and romantic So with all of this, learning that Captain Wentworth's sister is going to be the one who is living in her family home when they rent it out is, you know, bringing her pain, making her, you know, revisit these old thoughts, think about these people she hasn't seen in a very long time. And she has to, like, harden herself to talk about the Crofts and their business without, you know, giving herself away or, I don't know, blushing and being upset about it. And she was trying to keep it all together and be stoic. But she's assisted in not thinking about it because her family doesn't seem to remember her connection to them at all. Um, and... She is forgiving of Lady Russell because she thinks Lady Russell does remember, but is just, you know, showing delicacy by not bringing it up and not talking to her about it. But her father and her elder sister, she seems to genuinely think, just don't remember at all. And so that's a little bit harder to forgive. With my um, rising dislike of Lady Russell... I am not so sure I completely agree with Anne's assessment that it is delicacy of character and honor of better feelings that keep Lady Russell from talking to her. I think if Lady Russell was a better friend, she would want to bring it up and make sure Anne was okay. And she doesn't. She just completely acts like it had never happened and wasn't a thing. And I think that's a pretty um, not nice move. So... I do not agree with Anne there that we should forgive Lady Russell about it and just think that it's Sir Walter and Elizabeth who are the, I don't know, rude ones about it. But in any case, she's happy that her engagement was is so little known. It seems like of her connections, only Lady Russell, Elizabeth, and Sir Walter know about it, know that it ever happened. It's um, because Mary was away at school at the time. She doesn't know. And she doesn't think that Mrs. Croft or Admiral, Admiral Croft know about it either. 
because they were both away out of the country at the time. And she thinks that on Captain Wentworth's side, only the brother that he was living with would have known about it. And he doesn't live in the area anymore and wasn't married at the time. So she's pretty sure that nobody knows. And so that will make things easier for her that this, that this history isn't, isn't well known. So people aren't hopefully looking at her or thinking about her when in connection to it. And it says a little interesting thing about Mary that the situation had never been told to Mary because of the pride of some and the delicacy of others. So I'm taking this to mean the pride of, honestly, I think you're supposed to read this as the pride of Sir Walter and Elizabeth and the delicacy of Lady Russell. But I do not agree with that. And I'm seeing it as the pride of Sir Walter, Elizabeth, and Lady Russell, and the delicacy of Anne. Um, because Anne is the only one I, in this situation that I am feeling any sympathy towards, or feeling like she has any sort of delicacy of the situation. The others, it seems to me, all, even including Lady Russell, to be all about the pride of the situation. <sighs> but in any case, Mary doesn't know. And so she's hopeful that because nobody knows about it, she'll be able to stay with Lady Russell in the area um, and meet with the Crofts. Basically, that there'll be an acquaintance between herself and the Crofts, Lady Russell, and the Musgroves, which Mary is Mrs. Musgrove now. Um, and the fact that only she and Lady Russell know anything about it out of this group of people will help make sure that it's not as awkward as it could be. And even if she goes to Bath, you know, it'll be less, but I think she is not really wanting to go to Bath, so she's thinking that she'll spend a lot of her time with Lady Russell and staying in the area, and it'll be much easier for her because nobody knows about this past connection. And that is the only good thing she can think about as far as it goes. And that is the all we get out of chapter four. It's starting to get a lot juicier, a lot more, I don't know, the, we've gotten the big backstory here of how she knew Captain Wentworth and what happened between them. And it turns out that Lady Russell, in my mind, is the big villain here, who maybe with all the best intentions in the world, but those best intentions were formed with... A lot of greed and pride, in my opinion, because her whole thing about Anne not marrying Captain Wentworth, to me, seems to be based on this idea of pride towards the Elliot family, which she has, and thinking that Anne could do so much better as far as a higher-ranking, wealthier man without any sort of compassion towards Anne's feelings in this, on the subject. Or either not caring or not thinking that it's important. I don't... I don't know whether... I am... I am unsure whether Lady Russell 
doesn't think love itself is important in any relationship. Um, it seems pretty clear to me that Lady Elliot and Sir Walter were not a love match, so to speak. Um, and we have no necessary reason to think that Lady Russell and her husband were in love with each other. They might have been, but we don't really hear anything about her late husband and how what their relationship was like. Um, but the idea that she saw her supposed best friend, Lady Elliot, in this very unhappy, unloving marriage, and then wants the same for her, for her goddaughter, for Anne... Just seems very unfeeling and uncaring that she would give no weight to the idea of the of the attachment of the two of them, of Captain Wentworth and Anne in any way. Um Yeah, I'm just I was I was not feeling completely charitable towards Lady Russell up until this chapter, but hearing about how she seems to be the one that I am blaming for the situation with Captain Wentworth seven years ago at this point. Yes, Sir Walter wasn't helpful either, but I think it's pretty clear that Anne didn't really care about what he had to say anyway. And so he wouldn't have stopped, he wouldn't have been able to stop it with what he was doing. And it really did come down to Lady Russell being the one who stood in the way of that relationship and put a stop to it. And it seems to me that she did it, well, for the pride and the money situation, but also because that would have taken Anne away from her. Like, she seemed to really like the idea of, her, of Anne marrying... Charles Musgrove because Mr. Musgrove lived in the district and lived really close and she would be near her forever. So it seems like part of it is also like this selfish desire to keep Anne close. Um, I mean, that's also why Lady Russell wanted to make sure that they went to Bath is because she would be able to see them more often and specifically see Anne. So Lady Russell does seem sincerely attached to Anne and wants Anne to stay close to her. But it seems like she is willing to have Anne put off her own life in favor of staying near Lady Russell. And Lady Russell is coming off as somebody who's pretty selfish to me. Which is the main failing in Sir Walter and Elizabeth um, that we've learned about in the first few chapters. Is there huge pride and selfishness and I think Lady Russell is not really much better she's just a little bit nicer about it in her in the way like she'll chat with you but underneath she seems to have all the same selfishness and pride that they do she's just a little more tactful in her in her conversation um but I don't think inherently better which is sad because that means that Anne has nobody any nobody around her that's any good. Um yeah, I'm kind of depressed learning about this backstory. It's not great.
it's not looking good for anybody. And I am interested to see how Captain Wentworth comes back into the story. And I am hoping and assuming that there will be a wedding at the end because that's how these books end. Um, so I'm assuming that Anne will become Captain Wentworth's wife at the end. So they will have to get all this stuff together and they will figure it out. Um, but it just seems like such a stupid reason. <laughs> I know I'm looking at this from modern eyes where the money part of marriage is maybe not quite as big. So maybe I'm just biased on that sense. But I mean, I knew that there this was a second chance love story. So I knew that there was a backstory of why they broke up. But the reason that we're given here in this backstory for them to break up is because Lady Russell's a jerk. <laughs> because Lady Russell is selfish and prideful and can't let Anne go and be happy and that sucks it's such a dumb reason to have broken this off and you know had Anne be miserable for seven years which is basically what we've the impression I get from this story and this backstory is that Anne was super happy super in love was convinced to break it off and has been kind of moping around I mean not completely moping she hasn't spent her whole life being completely just unhappy and thinking everything's awful, but she also hasn't been able to move on and hasn't found anybody else. And obviously as somebody who wants to be married and is, you know, has waited seven years and I think maybe could have been happy if she had a better family. But she spent those seven years with practically nobody to love. And, you know, very few friends and really crappy family when you think that it's basically Sir Walter and Elizabeth. And then Lady Russell, who ugh, I don't like and think is almost as bad as them. So I just feel for Anne that she gave up this idea of marriage with Captain Wentworth that could have been great so that she could spend seven years with people who are, in Lady Russell's case, using her, in my opinion, or in the rest of them just not caring about her at all. So Lady Russell's the only one who seems to have any affection for her, and even that affection to me seems very tainted by Lady Russell wanting to use and as opposed to really be a good friend to her. I don't know. That's my interpretation of it anyway. I'm not feeling, if you couldn't tell, not feeling great towards Lady Russell. And yeah, it's a really sad backstory. And I hope, I'm really hoping for a good ending for Anne. Um, considering the endings we've had from all the other Jane Austen books, I have faith that it will be there, that this will end well. Um, I'm really interested. I'm hoping that we get to meet Captain Wentworth soon. And that's really all I've got for what, um, what could be happening is I assume that she will, we will be meeting Captain Wentworth again soon. And there will be a lot of awkwardness and probably a lot of emotional angst. And... 
but they will eventually get back together and get married by the end. And, you know, they'll all live happily ever after. That's the goal. Um, and I would also be interested to see if I'm correct about this reading of Lady Russell, if she is ever kind of shown for what she is, for being, you know, not as good a friend as Anne thinks she is. If she does anything else that, like, kind of points in that direction of her being very selfish and greedy in this friendship. So I will also be very interested to see where the character of Lady Russell goes and whether it continues on in the direction I'm feeling like it is or if she is shown to be better than I am currently giving her credit for. In any case, that is the end of this chapter. And I will see you back next time for chapter five. Bye. Feel free to join the conversation. My email and Twitter are in the description. Please get in touch. Let me know what you think about the podcast or Northanger Abbey or Jane Austen in general. Love to hear your comments and I will see you next time.